0: Good morning for another scintillating edition of the oh, Inglorious scintillating! Pastors. I can feel it. I, I see a name change coming for us. Well, um, talk about name change, Bruce. I feel like our next name change should be Inglorious Farmers, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's big news on the horizon. Wait, wait a second. What, what uh, what's the name of this show with
1: Jeremy Cla- uh... Oh, Clarkson's farm. Clarkson's farm. This would be Martin's farm. Pastured's farms. My pastures
0: farms. Oh, I like that. That has sort of a pastoral...
1: pastoral Pasture. Yes,
0: the whole... Yes. It works extremely well.
1: So pastured's and pastures in glorious pastures.
0: Oh, that's great. Wait. <laughs> could change the whole thing we'd have to change a lot of titles from the last three years oh but inglorious pastures that's good
1: has some interesting
0: (laughs) there's some biblical (laughs) psalms kind of stuff woven into that ah there's uh the farming
1: feel right and i've wanted i've liked for us to move towards working off some musical connections because of both of us love music so much um
0: what does that have to with pastors?
1: <laughs> well, a psalm the Psalms right I'm thinking of these pastoral so you have David who wrote so many of the psalms who was a farmer yeah and pastoral and pastoral
0: yeah the farmer king yes, Shepherd King see
1: all of this is so it's eerily it's a sign
0: yeah we're changing yeah. Inglorious pastures of green. No, I was thinking you're going to bring up green acres and like inglorious acres, <laughs> which is also fun. Uh, so in case you didn't know, Roger's looking at an eight acre parcel of land that abuts are 54 acres. A great word, abuts. It is a great word. You don't get to use it much except when you're talking about legal descriptions of property.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Um so because yes. if you're using it in relation to cars that typically means there's been an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your car abutting mine?
1: And if you're using it in relation to people <laughs> that's also problematic. Also
0: problematic. Too close. You're in the bu- you're in <laughs> the bubble here. So uh just real quick just to get it out of the way um it's a it's another tough year to be a Bronco fan. We you know last year the magic number was 17. Looks like that's going to be the number again this year. We can't score 17 points. We missed an extra point and lost 17, 16, which was because even with Russell Wilson, Russell freaking Wilson. We cannot throw more than 177 yards <laughs> nor score 17 points. So there's that.
1: And wasn't that seventeen sixteen score the exact score of the first game last season? You know
0: it was Raj <laughs> because you looked it up, and in fact, you told me the glorious statistic of twenty two out of the last twenty eight games were lost by one point or less, or something crazy. I'm like, yep,
1: that was yeah. The That's last it's like to be a Bronco fan. You've lost seventeen of the last twenty two one run games, and you've had a lot of one run games. So it's yeah, seventeen. It's like like you guys had a discouraging loss. I felt like the Patriots had a somewhat encouraging loss. We'd lose to the Eagles, who played in the Super Bowl last year. And Uh,
0: without the picks, you win the game.
1: Right. Played it very, very close. When it was raining early on, a couple of sloppy turnovers. Mm -hmm. After that, we outscored them. So it feels like... And we were playing, I think... Eight rookies started that game for the Patriots.
0: Oh, that's good. Which
1: is – Yeah. And and played very – two offensive linemen were rookies. Um, two or three defensive players, rookies. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of snaps. Two wide receivers, rookies. So it was phenomenal, I think. Yeah, so – which isn't typical. To, for, yeah. to get rookie
0: playing time with Bill
1: Belichick –
0: Anyway, it was He's it obviously was, committing to the future.
1: Right. And so, sees a
0: lot of and sees a lot of potential in there.
1: It also means it
0: looks like we had a a pretty good draft class right now. So that's Yeah, if you got that many rookies on the field and you had an like you said, an encouraging win.
1: Now we can we can lament our losses, but I think we may prefer well
0: I think of the Jets. <laughs> Who mm, I don't even I didn't even track the rest of the scores. I looked up Patriots and I looked up Broncos. That was it.
1: You don't know the Jets? It's probably the most discouraging win
0: they've had. They won? <laughs> so Bruce. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets won. Oh, stay here. Why couldn't we have gotten Aaron Rodgers?
1: Bruce. No. 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 Oh. Four plays into the game. Aaron Rodgers gets tackled, torn Achilles out for the year. He may never it's play again. Possible, may never play again. Um and they were down, came back miraculously won the game. Their defense is spectacular. Okay. Wow. So, so they No, there's no Aaron Rodgers story this year. It's It's over four snaps.
0: That makes me very sad.
1: Oh no! No, it's very because I was excited.
0: Right, I think I was excited for football in general (laughs) because I think Aaron Rodgers creates a lot of stir wherever he's going to go. You know, had such a great run at the Packers. Four plays in.
1: Four. Wow. He took four snaps with the Jets. Mm. And he's been this model citizen. You know, he took some pay cut things. He did some things that. Um. Yeah, and you know, he was working with um the quarterback the they drafted a couple years ago that's just struggled so much, who had to take over the game after right. him. Uh but who's their quarterback behind Aaron? Oh, what's his name? I can see his face. He's the starter, now. baby face. Oh yes. Um they drafted him two years ago, the okay. one of the top
0: five draft picks yeah, I just wanted to find if, anyway. if I remembered him from college years. I'm um, sure I would. So, speaking, anyway, speaking of college football, Tennessee could easily start six and oh this year and then face Alabama at like five and one. So, that Austin P game didn't scare you at all. Well, I didn't see any of it, <laughs> it scared the pollsters because we dropped from nine to 11. <laughs> right. So, what was it like 30 to 13? Yeah, so we, well, won, we won the game, that was good. Yeah. Yeah,
1: maybe 30-13. they may have scored a little bit anyway, but it, was, yeah, it I looked, was I kinda
0: looked at the numbers. It wasn't great.
1: It wasn't great. No. <laughs> at home right. against Austin freaking P
0: <laughs> Austin P Pay, whatever. Hey, Pay, what well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I, Austin P. I'm good P. I know if I went to this school, I wouldn't be Austin Pay. Pay. That's yeah. just me though. P E A Y, I think, because <laughs> anyway. But we got Florida this week. At 6 p.m., it's a game that I'll actually be able to see because I'm in town. I'm very excited about that. Um, so yeah, I mean that game I was when I saw the score, I was like a little disappointed. I was like, it should have been more like 50 to 13. But I'm like, maybe Austin Pay is gonna win their division and be in a bowl game this year. You never know. <laughs> this what I was here. But the bottom line Mr. is Mr. Optimism. That's well, good. the bottom line is a few years back, we lost to Georgia State at home. Right. Okay, so a win's a win nope. at this point where I live. A win is a win.
1: No, it's just I can't jump on six and zero oh as just a given. Well, after now that I'm game, now, now you do have me
0: worried, Raj. <laughs> I was feeling real good until you started talking about Austin Pay and how good they and how good they're not. Apparently, I think you're dissing them. I think they're a great team. No, they no, put up thirteen. They just points. became a
1: college last year, so right. Um.
0: <laughs> they haven't even made university status they yet. Were... <laughs>
1: Oh, Lord of mercy. They were a reform school last year.
0: <laughs> so um, I'm back from the Holy Land.
1: You're back from the Holy Land. Which Welcome is, back. Which, yep.
0: That, which is why we missed everyone last week. Why we missed last week. I apologize for that. Uh, but, and I, I'm still way jet lagged. So, like, is it not? It's almost nine o'clock here now. So there it is, 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Okay. So there's seven hours ahead of us. Yep. So like I would call Marlena at sometimes five thirty in the morning there because it was like ten thirty at night here. And I okay. could, and I could talk to her before she went to bed. I mean, she's usually gone to bed by then, but she should, but typically I was calling her somewhere around two or three No, o'clock. you
1: called me one that was a, that was a highlight. I, yeah.
0: I appreciated that. But a couple of surprises. Number one, I'll tell you, you need to do, you need to go to the Holy land at some point. Oh, and by the way, the only thing I got in the Holy land was a $6 bracelet. <laughs> that was it. It's the only trinket that I bought.
1: But um We're uh, now promoing your trip next year.
0: We can. Would you like to promo my Let's trip just next? Just promo year? it. We're gonna go back to the Holy Land you next year. You need to year, be at the Holy Land. And you can go with me, and I've been there now, so I know a little more about what to expect, what not to expect, <laughs> a couple of things.
1: And some things you're gonna make sure are done differently next time. <laughs>
0: yes, because man, it was weird, Roger. There. I, I had this idea in my mind that the Holy Land and all of the places where Jesus, so we went to Nazareth and Capernaum and uh, Sea of Galilee went out on a boat on the Sea of Galilee, uh, went all the way up to the Syrian border where we could literally see the Syrian border and their all of their mortars aimed this way <laughs> and their guns behind us aimed that way. Basically- how, how are the Syrians and Israelis getting along these days? Not good, Raj i won't even tell you what our guide said on the border she said they're watching us right now i mean and she had some strong she was an israeli not a believer with some choice with words some choice for, words the for the Syrians. Syrians. and i'm like yeah, that's she's not a follower of jesus because that's he said don't hate your enemy but i realized roger jesus actually referenced that you've heard it said hate your enemy love your neighbor hate your enemy right well she's still in that zone because we also had we have Lebanon directly north of us, also an enemy. She had nothing good to say about them. And then Syria. What's so funny is another thing I didn't realize, you know, Israel is about the size of New Jersey.
1: That's crazy.
0: So you have this, we're seeing, Roger, all the oh, old testament story sites, David and Goliath, Saul and his sons, Mount Gilboa, Bethshan, all this And occurs all of the Jesus sites. In New Jersey. In something the size of New Jersey, because Zach was asking me last night about the trip, and he's like, you know, how far did you have to go? I'm like, that's about 70 miles. It's just not, we're going all around the Sea of Galilee, you know, and then down to the Jordan River. You're crossing the country, crisscrossing the country, and it's very small day trips. But it has 8,000 plus years of war-torn history. When I think about America, I'm like, we have no history, comparatively. Right couple hundred years, but they have thousands of years and the amount of conflict and wars that have been waged in this little (laughs) New Jersey, New Jersey, that I mean, that was just mind blowing. So yeah, literally, we're we're one one part of the day, we're up here where Jesus walked and the second half of the day, we're down (laughs) at Mount Gilboa where Saul and his sons were killed and then hung on the gates of Beth Shan and the ruins of that are in that area. It's just that was super surprising. Number two surprise. Was how Catholic the entire thing is. So, all the holy sites that you go to, with with, basically except for the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall, it's covered with Roman Catholic cathedrals and churches. Okay. So, you have Church of the Nativity, where Jesus was born. You have Church of the Annunciation, where Mary got the word from the angel. You have Church of the Visitation, (laughs) where Mary visited her cousin Elizabeth in the hills. You have, it's the church of everything that ever happened. Church of the Holy Sepulchre, sir, Holy Sepulchre, Church of the Porks. <laughs> that was the funniest <laughs> thing. Oh my goodness! At one point, you gotta understand our guide was telling us this is where the miracle of the Porks took place, and we're all back there like, I don't, I don't remember. <laughs>
1: is that one of the apocryphal of the gospels?
0: Right. Was that? <laughs> yeah, maybe is in the five. of I didn't talk about that. Is that, is that the, the Gospel of Thomas? Maybe I don't. Know. She goes, "No, this is the hillside where all <laughs> of the Porks ran down the hill into the sea," and I'm like. The pigs
1: got it, so <laughs> we don't see that as a miracle so much as a mess, <laughs> right? So
0: when we think of pork, we think of something that has already been slaughtered, and
1: <laughs> right. you're
0: eating it. The pig or the swine, if you're King James, swine's a great <laughs> word; doesn't get used near enough, right? But the just miracle, like... of, but the miracle of the porks. So that was it. Was very interesting. A lot of times we're visiting these holy sites, and they're literally in the middle of a mass, and we're just like roaming through the building, people taking pictures. I'm like, can you imagine? trying to preach or teach. You got 45 person tour groups rolling through there. You know, fascinating. And there's certain places, you know, you had to have your head covered and and then other places where you couldn't have a hat on. And uh, a couple of our guys had, had shorts that didn't completely cover their knees. So they made them wear some kind of kilt. They actually had like wrapping paper, tall pieces to wrap around them. Really men They didn't want men to show their knees. The ladies had to have their shoulders covered at certain, I mean, at certain places, not at all of them. It was very random. We had two of our guys picked out and then another four guys in shorts that no one did anything about. Just very fascinating. Okay. So that was how Catholic it is was also super surprising. Um, But I think you,
1: one of the things you said is that stuck with me, even when you encountered the, hatred and the vitriol oh, yeah. and the and the tension it gives this powerful window into Jesus day it's not that it, th- I know we're where're you know we've told we preached sermons where we're trying to capture the division between Jews and gentiles and and Samaritans and you get this graphic 2000 years later that the, the reality of that, the intensity of that, and it can cut. It's helpful to see that in the context of Jesus' time for me not only to again appreciate how radical the call of Jesus was I, it, to love your enemies, but also the power of the gospel to change people who. At one point, wanted to call down fire from heaven on Samaritan villages, right? And over time, with Jesus and the power of the Spirit, would one day preach the gospel that in a
0: different uh, to the Gentiles <laughs> and to the Samaritans. And but, it's interesting that even in Jesus's uh, what we call the Great Commission, he includes Samaria. He makes yes. sure he makes sure they don't miss that right in Judea and samaria and to the rest of the world and it's interesting that of all the places you could did and say in judea and galilee because they were all from galilee <laughs> might have been understood that they're going to be preaching the gospel in galilee it, yeah. and samaria but it, oh so well i'm just coming coming back so they have very much the old testament mindset when i say old testament or at least what the teachers of the law taught them yeah love your neighbor hate your enemy so jordan which is like the dead sea is cut in half the jordan river is cut in half Half of it is owned by Jordan, half of it by Israel.
1: Okay, okay.
0: And so, uh, Jordan's their friend, and Egypt is their friend These currently. Are the, uh, currently, until they're not. Right. So Jordan's to the east, and Egypt's to the south.
1: Joy, my wife, Joy, who went to the Holy Land decades ago, yep. remembers Jordan being an enemy, a, a nightmarish enemy. Like when they went and crossed into Jordan.
0: It took them hours to get through anyway. So Roger, it was interesting. One of our guys pointed out, even you know, when we're close to the Jordan, like turrets pointed in that direction. In other words, and I understand why they have so many <clears throat> fortresses, turrets, military things on their borders. They have been the most, have to be the most occupied land in, in all of history. In terms of people coming in, I mean, at, when you thousands and thousands of years of work. In other words, it bring it brought so much meaning to when Jesus said, "Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom." I'm like, they were saying it constantly. Yeah, the Holy Land has always oh, been yeah. this place of conflict. Yeah, not not the peace of Jerusalem, and and even when you go into Jerusalem, uh, another shocker. You'd be surprised how little I knew about the Holy Land going into that trip. So the old Jerusalem, the old what's called the old city, is divided into four quarters. The Jews have one of one quarter, one fourth of that, the Jewish quarter, and that's the one that you have to go through TSA screening to get into. And there's there's armed guards with the AK-47s and everything right there. And you have to, you know, take off the hat, take off the belt, everything comes out of your pocket before you go in there.
1: Into the Jewish quarter. How do you designate a quarter? In other words, when I'm think, say four quarters.
0: So they just can do, I see this visually or no? You only see it visually at the Jewish quarter. Now you'll see it like there's the Muslim quarter. And so tourists can go in and out of that, no problem. There's okay. no, there's no gate. There's no, our, our guide had to tell us we're now entering Okay. because you didn't see it. But, you know, in the Muslim quarter, you're seeing a lot more ladies that have the full headdress okay. on okay. and dresses all the way down. To so you're getting shoes. visual clues. You're visual entering clues. into a quarter, right? They had the Armenian quarter, which I didn't even know existed, nope. Uh, nope. which was a whole thing. And then you had the Christian quarter. When I say Christian quarter, that was basically, you know, the Catholic quarter.
1: So the city is divided into four.
0: Roger, wow. in other words, division is not just, it's, it's ethnic, it's political, it's religious. Like those quarters are divided less on ethnicity, more on your belief system. Okay. The other thing that, another surprising thing, two of the cities, we couldn't even go into Jericho. We had to go around Jericho because it's Palestinian controlled. So we literally, as we're coming down the Jordan River, we have to make this huge loop around it because our guide's an Israeli and she cannot go in that territory because I kind of wanted to see Jericho just for fun. Right. I could see it in the distance and circle around all the way to the Dead Sea before then we could turn back West. The other thing, when we went to Bethlehem, I didn't know this, Bethlehem is Palestinian controlled, but everyone wants to see Bethlehem. So our guide had to get off the bus before we got to Bethlehem we dropped her off at a hotel, and then a Palestinian guide got on the bus and took us into Bethlehem. It, I mean, it was... Wait, so the Palestinian got into an Israeli bus? Well, the, the <coughs> driver is, is a Christian. He's a Catholic. And we're a bunch of tourists. So as long as none of the tourists are Jews, yeah, they can go in if they're not Israelis. So the,
1: the biggest thing, yeah, Jews are absolutely out, and, and I'm sure...
0: And for us, our, in our experience, Bethlehem is the most commercialized. So it was street vendors coming out. I mean, literally we had street vendors putting things in people's bag and asking for money for it. So it's like next year, I'm like, we'll probably skip Bethlehem. I know people don't want to hear that, but it's a, it is not what you think. Another interesting thing is how severe the topography is there. I mean, steep mountains up down. Okay. Like the Dead Sea is at 827 feet or, below sea level so and jericho is on that same plane and then i mean jerusalem is literally three thousand three hundred feet above it okay so it's i mean it took a long long drive in the bus to get all the way back up to jerusalem so that was just fascinating you need to do it at some point um even when i was reading matthew this week it's like i've been there i could see certain things i was listening to worship music on the way in this morning and one was about the resurrection and it just brought me to tears i'm like i could I can see Jesus standing outside that tomb, as light is breaking, and it's this. And you said
1: the Golgotha, the
0: the place of the skull. The place of the skull was one of
1: the most.
0: For me, that was the most moving thing that we ran into. Okay. Um, where I was at one point, we're sitting, and we have a guy telling us the history of the area, and I'm like, I'm sitting 50 feet away from where Jesus was crucified. And I could imagine it uh because it's untainted by any of the commercialism and it's still just a rocky outcrop. there's not a address. church built there there's not a church built there there's not a church built at the tomb there the catholics believe that the tomb is further up in jerusalem um for the reason i believe that the tomb the garden tomb that we saw was the real tomb Is <clears throat> hebrews twelve thirteen? because my group asked me about this hebrews 12 13 talked about jesus being crucified me shedding his blood outside the city therefore let us join him outside the city and golgotha was very much outside the city but it was it was sobering. Going to the empty tomb was very moving. When we all went into the seven of us together, they let seven in at, in at a time, and so there's we and had a group, group of seven. Seven, yeah. So we all went in together, and I felt like I should pray or something. And all I said was, "God, I have no words. We're just so grateful." I mean, we you know several people were moved to tears just there. Yeah. So it was it was powerful. It was so good. Um, and yet you have to go with you do have to kind of because parts of Jerusalem are like the Gatlinburg of the Middle East. Oh gosh, that's so, such a graphic picture. Yeah, you kind of oh, have to tune out that hurts my heart. I know. You have to tune out <laughs> some Gatlinger. of that stuff. Really? Seriously. That's... Um with you know with all the vendors and the marketplace and but it also helped you it also helped you realize graphically what Jesus experienced when he's going into the temple courts and there's markets on both sides and okay, people it does. just yes. selling 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 and buy pigeons from us and and yeah we'll change your money because they have plenty of money changing that still goes on there because american dollars versus shekels
1: interesting so
0: you gotta feel for how yes how frustrating that could be in terms of i think you know we're missing the point um but anyway yeah very very good experience. Sobering on so many fronts. I felt so sad for the Jewish people because when we're in the Jewish quarter and when we're even with our Israeli guide, I realized it's a people living in darkness. That the light has come, but they're blinded. They're still got pictures of as we went into the the tomb, the, the tomb of David. It's also like, a I guess, a seminary for um, Jewish scribes, teachers of the law, whatever they are now. These guys are literally reading scrolls, actual scrolls. They're rocking like this so that they can and, and humming and chanting and, and they've got the long tassels. And one of them literally had scripture bound on his arm and these really tight black bands and, and around his forehead. And, and I just felt terribly sad. I'm like, they don't know the grace of God. And they're still trying to find a righteousness a favor with God that the law will never provide them. Yeah. And you can never be enough.
1: You know, um, I read this week, Dallas Willard was once asked. Well, Dallas Willard asked a guy, yeah, what what's one what's the one word that you feel like best describes Jesus? He asked this guy, and the guy's pondering, oh my gosh, it's a impossible answer but he turns it on dallas willard he says what do you think um what's the word and dallas willard didn't hesitate much he said relaxed and one person commenting on this said he's relaxed. got he's got three years to save the world and he still go attends weddings and goes fishing and it's this <laughs> it's this i did this beautiful walking i think about and then i think about the promise of jesus Come to me, all you are weary and burdened. And what am I going to give you? I'm going to give you relaxed. relax. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you rest. And this is what this word rest captures so many things. But that's when I it's the ache I feel. Yeah. For you're, the people you're talking about. But I say ache I feel for Christians, for Christians in the United States yep. who at every level, whether it's still trying to win God's favor and his love, still trying to impress people i've still got to prove myself i've still it seems like this message of
0: when the more the gospel of jesus gets in us the more we can rest it's so interesting you say that because i experienced <clears throat> that even when i was over there cuz you know when I, before i left i was crazy busy i realized this this kind of marks my life a little too much okay Crazy busy, okay, and we're working okay. on this, we're getting a house refinanced and getting all this stuff done. And then I was a little bothered. I'm going to be gone for a week. And so that means we can't get any of the refinance stuff done. And they sent me, we need five more documents and this stuff. And of I, course. <laughs> while I'm in the Holy well, I can't do all that from there. So I just said, hey, I'm in the Holy Land for a week. I'll work on it when I get back. But I realized I need to, it's interesting, relax. I need, I have I found this yes. place of peace going, hey, if that works out or doesn't work out, it's fine. You know, it's, it's fine right. either way. It doesn't matter. We're right. We're going to be fine. God's always provided for us and taken care of us. And only one book was brought by someone that they, that they, she carried it with her the whole time they were there. And multiple people commented on that book because they would see it on our table when we were eating. You know what it was? The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Hurry, yes. And so I told our guys first day, I said, I want you to be present this week. I Isn't that you a Willard to- quote? Probably. I think. John Mark Comer wrote the book. I don't know if that, that wouldn't surprise me if that was a a Willard quote.
1: I think it may be a Willard quote, but anyway, but John Mark Comer, I've heard him. Yes,
0: We felt that because when you do a Holy Land trip in a week, you feel a little pressed for time. Like we're going from 745 until five o'clock every day, seeing as many sites as we possibly can. I'm like, be present. I said, don't just look, see, because that was kind of the word that God had given me in my heart to really see things, not just look at things, because I can look at all all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So I, I kept every place I tried to imagine the story of when it happened there. Sea of Galilee, very moving, because I could actually see where Jesus stood when he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. And then I could see the land. And how the people, the crowds, could follow them on the land all, all the, way, the way around okay. the lake, yeah, and get to where they were. Yeah. So it was extraordinary. And yeah, even then, Jesus didn't. It's, it isn't interesting. It wasn't. He wasn't running on the water. He was <laughs> walking good. on the water.
1: And he would often get away to solitary place. Yep. So all this stuff that was important to do, the healings, the getting more of the gospel message out, and so on. And it struck me. What hit me was he'd struck this beautiful balance between saving and savoring, between mission, these things we've got to do, or even when I think about for a Christian, we can think there's so much lostness, mm. there's so much need, there's so much poverty, there's so much hunger, <laughs> but we're not called to simply save. We are called to savor. We're called to rest. rest. We're called to enjoy Jesus. So finding that balance- um, Between mission and mushrooming. Let's go with saving and savoring. (laughs) That's better. I gotta admit.